fast, efficient and affordable business grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the Yellow Building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode 745 of the Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. Isn't that good we got somebody else to do that intro? Remember when I used to read it word for word before every show? Yeah, yeah, that was the good old days. We got Joomla, WordPress, and Drew Powell. No, voiceover for that Battery Central ad. Like, I did the video. I knocked that up in like an hour and afternoon just to have a video for it. Yep. But the radio voiceover for that was 600 bucks. Yep. Like, it's literally like 30 seconds. <laughs> 600 bucks. But doesn't it sound wonderful? Yeah, it does, but it doesn't sound $600 wonderful. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have taken $150 pretty damn good, honestly. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they must make good money in that business. Uh, well, they. And here's me doing it free. Yeah, well, they did the. It was for the radio ads we ran. Um, and then they did. Admittedly, he did. Um, well, he he worked up ten ads. Yep. We only recorded one, but that six hundred was. I mean, it, I think it was a hundred dollars an ad to oh. actually record. So six hundred with one ad included, and that gave us like ten ads. But he only, yeah, we never paid to get the extra ones done. But yeah, I mean, that's you know, for, I mean, from the time I spoke to him to the time he had the first ad recorded was like two hours. Wow, that's not too bad. And he had the script for the other 10 in that period of time. Yep, and it would yep. have literally taken him like a couple minutes to record each one. So for the sake of, I don't know, let's say three hours work, if we had to have them all recorded, it was like 1500 bucks. Right. For three hours. That's 500 bucks an hour. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> for 500 bucks an hour, I'd learn how to do voiceovers. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Aussie Tech Heads. Well, I'd, I'd charge $500 an hour and find somebody who does it for 400 an hour. Hello, world. Now you need a golden microphone for that. <laughs> Dad always tries to get the glasses. The same. Every time he goes to get a new pair of glasses. Have you got ones with rims like John Law's? I like those gold ones. <laughs> it's not the glasses that make the man. No. <laughs> it's the, all that Valvoline drinks. That's, yeah, exactly. Valvoline, you know what I mean. It gives him that silky smooth voice. Yeah. <laughs> Goggles a cup of Valvoline before it goes away. <laughs> Uh, Steve Lazard was funny fella. Oh, he was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't have any of that kind of comedy stuff uh, in Australia no. anymore. And I was actually I was talking to someone the other day about that, and they're like, the closest we've got is kind of because, um, like, even a bit later on, we had like Jim Owen, 
Dragon 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 well they were they were a bit earlier, but you had like Good News Week and you had um I was in the audience for one of the Good News Week taping, that's fun. Yeah, that would have been cool. You know, you had you know a few bits and pieces, but that was sort of mid to late nineties and then that that was it. Yeah. You know, Hey Hey went away, um Good News Week went away, and then the last sort of um couple of I guess su- semi surviving ones was um uh oh complete blank ABC the music one um the I got complete one with Will Anderson was it Will Anderson was the host no the other guy I get those two mixed up all the time one's got a wooden <laughs> one's got a wooden leg and one wood leg yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that was like the last sort of attempt at haven't speaks specs yeah and we haven't really had anything like that since yeah. Because um, I was watching uh, an American who was doing, you know, American React to Aussie comedy. Yeah. And it was all like, not you know, late 90s, early 2000s stuff. I'm like, well, I, I guess that kind of makes sense, really, because there really hasn't been, you know, you had Steady Eddie and you had, you know, as I said, Jim Owen and you had... Um, Mike Quarterman. Yeah. And it's empty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, oh, what was that the guy? I can never think of his name. But he always looks like a bogan. But um, we had the comedy company stuff. Oh uh, yeah, comedy company. Then fast forward, fast forward, full frontal. You know, and then just all the others started on. Um, I had it. Big gig. Big oh yeah, I mean you Two had a couple of attempts at it. Like thank God you're here, and but they weren't really, you know. Yeah, they're okay. But, you know, when you get Magnus Urbanski as your lead comedian, you know it's not going to be a fantastic show. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love the woman, but... That, <laughs> DJ in the late show. <laughs> well, then, you, yeah. But even things like... Um, we even lost, um, you know, Australia's Funny Same Videos and, you yep. know, all that sort of stuff. The Doug, Doug Morrow show. <laughs> <laughs> it's all re- repeats it's of all... everything from the 60s to the 90s and then... US stuff. Well, there's yeah, oh, there's really very little Australia. I mean, sort of neighbours and home and away, but even that's like rehashed storylines just with different actors doing it. I don't know if um, Working Dog have done anything in a while. They did Utopia, which was okay on the was it on ABC, I think. Yeah, they had a few. I, I used to love. There was a really good series on SBS. Like I think it was called News Hour or something. I can't remember what it was, but they would. They must have filmed it really early in the morning because, and they actually filmed it on a train, like a legit train going between some stations. Uh-huh. And they would read like news stories that literally had just happened that morning. So they must have had a hot off the press paper. Yep. And it was a bunch of comedians that was all the, all the people from, you know, in those, you know, typical Australian comedies that you'd expect. Yep. Um, and yeah, they're all like passengers on this train. They're all you know, reading news articles and putting their take on it and <laughs> putting funny spins and stuff on it. It was a fantastic show. Yeah. Um, I can't remember for life me what it was called, but I used to love that. But that, yeah, they must have had to have filmed that at, you know, four o'clock in the morning or something because it's the only way it would make sense that it would work because I was watching it, like they're filming it and you can see the stations and see the lights and stuff go past in the dark. So it's still dark. Yeah, and I'd get home at six o'clock of a night, and it'd be on. So they had to have done it early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
that that was like two thousand. So Graham like, Bond. Hey. Graham Bond. Graham Bond. Kev Kavana. Yeah. He ran like a result. Eh, eh. <laughs> um. Norman Gunston. Jerry Connolly well, used Norman to do Gun- a lot of good comedy. Norman Gunston was going okay till he had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Uh, Poor fella. And then he sort of never really... I mean, he re- he recovered, but he was never the, the same. same. He, he really... He got out of comedy. I don't think he's done a comedy since. He's done a couple of movies, like telly yep. movies sort of things, but really, really not much. Um, I used to watch Jerry Connolly for a while back in the day. He was pretty good. Jerry Connolly. Why do I know that name? The way I remember it, he did this funny joke on on his um, show, whereas like he was forgot what his name was, and he opens his wallet and it said Billy Connolly. It's like <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it funny when Billy Connolly's associated with Great Australian Comedy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's you know, it's not, yeah. nobody sort of even thinks anything of it. You know, Jerry used to do um, caricatures of. Queen Elizabeth, Prince Charles, Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, Joe Doby, Okey Peterson. Joe Peterson. Now, 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 did, did, I never ran Malcolm Fraser, Bob Hawke, Paul Keating, John Howard, Bill Collins, and Dame Joan Sutherland. And then you have those two guys who did the, uh, the on the current, end of the current affairs show, you had the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them on something recently. Ah. Yeah, they're still, they don't look exactly the same. <laughs> one of them wouldn't because he's dead. Yeah, well, I mean, this is re- recently <laughs> in terms of you yeah, know, yeah. one of the last things they did, but they hadn't changed since like a current affair to, to this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was probably 10 years old or whatever it was, but they looked exactly the same. It's funny when you see, you know, a lot of, especially public figures that you see all the time. They sort of yep. get to a point and they plateau. And for the next 20 years, they look exactly the same. And then they disappear yeah. off TV for five. You know, they've gone away for a couple of years and they come back. You're like, ah, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> is it Joan Rivers? Joan. John Joan, Clark is the one you're thinking of. John Clark, Clark and Door. John Clark, he's, yeah. He he was from New Zealand where he had a, um, a comedy sketch as a character called Fred Dagg. All right. That's where he started out. Before he came over here and then did Clark and Door talking about they talked about news item, particularly politics, and basically told the truth as if they were the politicians, what they should have been saying and what yeah. politicians were really doing. But the politicians would never say or do whatever those things were. But yeah, we died the Grampians National Park. Um, but that was like the games. The games was great for that because it was like exactly what should have actually been happening, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. what was happening. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Oh, yeah, man, we see out so much. Lano and Woodley. Well, I yeah, well, I know Woodley split up. Scared with little guys split. Although they yeah. did come back and do a, a reunion, but tripod. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, I think they've. I think they split too, didn't they? I know. Is it right, Flight of the Phoenix or whatever it was? They they split up. Yeah. The I think it's, I think it's that band where the lead singer guy is now a chick or something. I don't know. And oh it, yeah, yeah. Axis of Awesome. Axis of Awesome. That's them. Yeah, did four chord, four chords and whatever it was. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was actually just thinking of that before you were saying that. I was going to say, for, I'll wait till he finishes what he's... Oh, it's the same thing that I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, dear. But, yeah, no. Go on to the, go on to the good Australian comedies, eh? It's, no, know, Kevin Bloody Wilson. Rodney Roode. Rodney Roode. Although, I mean, well, even 12th Man, if you want to go into that category. Yeah. <laughs> I played that on the local volunteer radio station when I was a teenager on Midnight to Dawn. We just like, turn off your radio now if you don't like swearing because the next hour, that's all it is. The only thing I liked about 12th Man was they did the edited ones, which is great because we could play them at school. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they were really badly edited, but they were edited. They were there, yeah. <laughs> the Naked Vicar show, Naked that's going Vicar. back a long way. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that is, that's... I mean, that's where Ross... Got it started before Bullpit. Oh, really? Country, yeah. He was on the Naked Vicar show. Started uh, off kind of a sketch thing there and became a TV show. Oh, okay. Ross Higgins. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. It's uh. Him and um, was it Nolene Brown? And somebody else. They used to do three or four of them. Did the Naked Vicar show, all written by one guy. We used to play the Naked Vicar show on our radio station too. That was I'm, great. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And of course you have... Um, um, uh, well, Adam Hills. That's what I was trying to think of before. Yeah. But yeah, the other one I was trying to think of was Carl Barron. Oh, um, yeah. He's sort of the last sort of standout for t- typical Australian stand-up comedy. Yeah. Like, he's sort of the last one. You, He's still... Does the occasional gig? It was like Dave Hughes, but I can't stand him. I don't think anyone can these <sighs> days. I don't. I don't <laughs> understand what that was. Yeah, That's Will what Will Anderson and Adam Hills. Yeah, those two. They're the two I get mixed up all the time. <laughs> I still can't tell you which one's got the wooden leg. <laughs> Adam Hills. <laughs> so is it Will Anderson? Is the one who's got the wife who's an opera singer or something? Probably. Yeah, he does. Um, Gruen Report. Yeah. Okay, I, I that's know. an interesting one. If you want to know all the things about advertising and how they get into your head and why they did a ad a particular way, those guys. I always liked that show. Yeah, and they just um, started again last week. Oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't um... catch it on uh, um, iView. Oh, okay. I haven't. Um, I haven't seen. I haven't watched that for a while, actually. Yeah, me either. I keep forgetting it's on. Mm. Um, and you got the I got Netflix I got dropped my Disney Plus and went to Amazon Prime because that's got a lot more features too you can subscribe to somebody's Twitch channel and give them money by already having paid for Amazon Prime yeah you get free subscriptions yeah yeah free subscription to any one channel each month to give them some money for support you get your fast delivery or your free delivery you get discounts on certain things mm. you get access to movies on amazon prime movies you get and so i mean if you're things. if you're using amazon Ecosystem. web shopping anyway like it yeah. ties in with that really well well i was yeah so now it's um kogan and amazon for everything for me if i can get them because i ordered something i i ordered my daughter the uh, oculus quest 2 and um 
a VR headset. And they sent me an email today from Amazon saying, since you bought this really expensive things, you got 90 days of free Amazon music subscription. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, we got a thing from uh, Foxtel, of all people. <laughs> and we're thinking, oh, here we go. They're going to put their prices up or something. Yep. They're like, oh, as a loyal customer and you've been on the base pack for the last seven years or something, <laughs> um, we have base pack plus um, streaming so we can watch on the computer. Um, we're going to gift you with, you know, this and there. We've got like Sports Plus and we've got like, I don't know, Drama. and like There's like 10 or 15 other channels they've just added to our pack now. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, <laughs> and everything's in HD. There's no more SD. Oh, nice. They're not splitting SD and HD. Because when they, when they first came out, they compressed the hell out of everything. It was terrible. Even the HD was horrible. Yeah. But I've noticed over the last couple of years, their SD's got really good and you don't really notice the difference between that and the haste anymore oh so i'm guessing they've just slowly rolled upgraded everything to the point where they're like well there's no point carrying two services now yeah yeah so since we're on the streaming thing we should probably mention australia's got a new news only streaming service that you can sign up to called flash so if you really really like all the different news your sky news and all the channels you can just pay for a whole streaming service of all the news channels in australia or you can not i mean you know <laughs> i'm gonna There's go no with, way they could get me to do that i'm gonna go with not but speaking no. of kogan um something i had used years and years ago and completely forgotten that it was even a thing um USB monitors. So they, they're, they're purely USB. They run, they get their video signal over USB and they're powered over USB. They're designed for basically to give laptops a second monitor and things like that. Nice. And being fully portable. Um, we're using them at work because we're using like Lenovo's and stuff that only let you have two monitors. So, but, so these AOC 15.6 inch, um, 185 at the, on, on, uh, Kogan, but I've seen them as high as three ninety nine for exactly the same monitor. Wow. Um AOC is pretty good. I got one AOC yeah. monitor over here. AOC is pretty decent. But I did a bit of research into these and the funny thing about these monitors is they actually started making them in like twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Yeah. And they were they haven't changed them and they're really still the only one that's available. Well there there oh. are a couple of like Kogan's doing one, but it's like four hundred dollars because it's a touchscreen as well. Yep. But just as a basic secondary monitor that, that you want to carry with you, you know, to have extra monitor that's fully portable, doesn't need external power, you know. Um, AOC International, formerly Admiral Overseas Corporation, from Illinois. Illinois. But now it's all Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a, my actual, my main TV is an AOC. Um, they're, they're good. Like I, I've never had a. The only thing I will say is because it is 2015 technology and they haven't really touched it, it is slightly washed out compared to a new monitor. Yeah. But if you've got an older monitor, like if I compare it, most of my monitors I've got here are like older Samsung. Um, what are they like? Twenty-four. I don't know something's, and they're an older monitor. So comparing it to these, there's actually not that much difference. It's only once you compare it to a newer. You know, OLED or something like that. You can you can sort of tell a bit different, but they... so here they um, twenty sixteen they launched the AOC Agon Premium line of gaming monitors. Yeah, yeah. My, I've actually got one. My um, 
primary monitor at work is actually an AOC gaming yep. monitor. And I only use it because when I'm doing photo editing and stuff, the color reproduction is amazingly accurate on it. Oh, you need that. Yeah, that's the main reason I use it. But apparently it's got fan like I don't my my work computer doesn't game very well, but apparently it's got fantastic refren- re- um, response time and from nineteen sixty seven they first manufacturer of color televisions for export. Yep. Dad has still to this day I never heard of him till I got this monitor. Oh really? Yep. Never heard of him at all. In fact, that was my daughter's mother's spare monitor. She bought some big thirty twos and stuff, had a couple of those and she was like, I don't need this monitor. Do you want a monitor? And I was like, I don't know what I'll use it for, but I ended up these I've got three now and <laughs> like you've got your four monitors. Yeah. I was like, I need another I need another one. So I've got that one is landscaped and a portrait one here that I put Discord and things on and then the um, 4K that I play other games on. My dad actually has still to this day in his bedroom that AOC monitor, that AOC ah. 19 inch CRT. My dad had a Rinkarina. That's that's like it's actually that one. It's got the base. Like that's <laughs> literally how it sits like that. Like it's. <laughs> they don't make them the last long like they used oh, to. They don't. I mean, it's got to be. Seven uh, mid, early to mid seventies, yeah. Like it's it's insane, and the thing, um, occasion when it's really really if you had two or three days of really rainy weather, yep. Because there's so much dust inside the back of it, it's it's like this thick with dust. Yeah. You turn it on and you can actually see these arcs going across the back <laughs> of the, inside the case from the high voltage, and you go, just turn uh. it off and let let everything let all the humidity dry out of it for a while. <laughs> If you leave it on, so it basically it lives, it stays on twenty four seven. Yep. Because it's that old that all the capacitors are shot, and yeah, the board's short. And if you turn it off and let it cool down, turn it back on, you don't have sound for the first three hours after it comes back on. <laughs> but if you leave it on, it works absolutely flawlessly. Yeah. Got to warm up them uh, tubes. <laughs> well, it's not Back quite old tubes. enough to have tubes, but it it's not, <laughs> it's it's old enough to have old paper capacitors that are well and truly shot by now. Yeah. yeah. But the convert but it works. That's loves watching and I think this is true of um people who enjoy okay so you've got an LCD monitor or an OLED monitor or a plasma all those styles of monitors have fantastic reproduction but there's something about the way a CRT displays an image that you it's like listening to a record yep. you don't necessarily know why it's Sounds better than better. listening to a CD. Yeah. And technically it shouldn't be because it doesn't have the vibrance. It doesn't have the quality. It doesn't have, But because it doesn't have that, it seems better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Dad will sit... He's got a 45-inch or something LCD in the, in the lounge room. But he'll go into the bedroom and watch TV before he sits down and watches the, the, the LCD. Yeah, yeah. It's my so dad's got the... my old LCD 26 inch in the lounge room and he go, hops into, especially in winter, he's like, I'm not going to heat up the house. I'm just going to hop in bed, yeah. turn the electric blanket on one and watch the CRT over there. And it's really funny when uh, every 10 years after they force him to upgrade his Foxtel box because they no longer support that model. <laughs> The technician comes out and he goes to the lounge room. Oh, where's your... Oh, no, it's in the bedroom on that TV in there. Oh, okay. What? I don't know how to make this box work on that TV. (laughs) (laughs) 
So he's got Dakota, like, there's this chain of boxes to make the new ones work. Because they dropped all the, on the new boxes, they don't have AV, they don't have SCART, they don't have composite, they just have HDMI now. That's it, yep. And so there's a HDMI conversion. You can't convert, because it's true digital signal, you can't convert HDMI directly to something that that recognizes. And it only has coaxial or SCART input. So you've got to go uh, HDMI to a VGA adapter, VGA to a SCART adapter, then SCART into the back of the, <laughs> the TV. And the Foxtel tech just sits there and goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know these words that you're talking. <laughs> Wait till I tell the guys back at the shop. Uh, what do you mean crazy. you don't have a remote control? How do you adjust yeah. it? <laughs> I well, get up and I walk over there. Uh Grandma had an old TV. It was in the big rosewood, beautiful. Oh, yeah. You know, it had the TV in the middle. It had the record player on the, with the radio on the other side. had the record storage on the other side, and the top flipped up, and there was a bar in there. And, like, it was it was amazing. Nice. All valves and, you know, tubes, as you'd expect. Unfortunately, when Grandma died, they everyone voted to get rid of it, despite my protests. But anyway, um, it had a remote control, but... It used um, inside the remote control to click the one. It looked like a comb, yep. and it had a finger that flicked the different prongs of this cone, and each different <laughs> prong made a different sound, and yep. each different thing on the TV responded to the different sound differently. Oh yeah, yeah. And I remember sometimes Dad would come home or Granddad would come home, and he'd chuck his keys on the counter. Yeah, and the TV like turn off or change channels. <laughs> or... <laughs> Just hit the right frequency. <laughs> Oh dear, that, that was cool. Crazy stuff. I'm so annoyed they got rid of that. Like it was such a beautiful cabinet. Yeah. Was, I mean, is that, that old? It was still black and white. Yeah. Like it wasn't even color. It was amazing. But no, it'd be worth a lot of money now. Well, that's because the world was black and white back in those days. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. It wasn't until you know, was it? When was it? When when was it? Uh, I can't Take think of color. his name now. Who was the guy? With the gloves, Auntie, um, Jack. Auntie Jack. Yep. I still remember. The, well, I've, I've never saw it the first time round, but I've watched the repeats of it where Auntie Jack was fighting back the color as the color was seeping <laughs> in on, the, it, yeah. on the show. I still remember watch, that. Watch this show, or rip your bloody arms off. <laughs> uh, that was funny, but yeah. Would you probably thank our watchers and supporters. The, the what? The what? What? <laughs> um, yes, we should. Patreon.com slash Aussie Techheads, uh, ko slash Aussie Techheads. Um, you can get us in all the face place and book spaces and who knows what Facebook's going to be called now, but that's a different story. Um, that's my first story. <laughs> you can find us in all the usual places. Uh, and we do thank the, the Patreons and the Kofis and the PayPals and the direct deposits and the, the, uh, the, um, who was it? Somebody sent us scratchies. That's funny. <laughs> they were completely useless but they sent us like, if you, he, the rules are if you're going to send us scratches they have to be ones that are going to win something <laughs> Finally, I don't think you can tell before you buy them oh, what, what's the point <laughs> I mean, why would you buy something if you don't know what the outcome is going to be right <laughs> but uh, no it, yeah it does help us out guys we're not monetized we're not sponsored we're not I mean, we do this just because we do it we're suckers for punishment or something Buy um, <laughs> wheel a Powerball ticket for next week. Well, I tell you what, I would have been happy with our secret sound on the radio today. 
was that? It's ten thousand dollars. Oh, it hasn't gone you know off. What it in, is? Hasn't gone. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know what it's not. <laughs> <laughs> By process of elimination, there can't be too many things left. It's been going for like four months or something. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I remember that. I couldn't believe it. They're, they're even extending. Like they used to take like three callers. Yep. And they're like, nah, that's not it. And they do it like three times a day. They're yep. taking like 10 callers like five times a day now. <laughs> still can't get it done. <laughs> they're still not, it doesn't uh, it sounds as like, you know, someone shutting an egg carton or something, but it, you know, who knows what it is. Maybe but, that's um, it. You should ring up. Nah, I've checked. It's been done. Um, <laughs> the list on their website is huge. <laughs> they always put what the guesses were. Normally, it's like two pages. It's yeah. like 40 pages or something. Really? Uh, sounds. Wow. But uh, no, it does make a big difference, guys. It helps us out. It helps us with hosting and uh, paying for you know Zoom and things like that. So we do thank you much for that. And your continued support means a big difference. And um, I'd really like... Obviously, we've got far more people listening to this on audio than on video. But if a few of you guys could go over to YouTube and like and thumbs up and um, even leave a comment there for us. And even if you don't yep. subscribe, I'd like you to. But even if you don't, it just helps with the algorithm, helps us get found. Um, we get very little views on the channel and it'd be really good to get that bumped up a bit if we could because it's kind of... Um, if you don't get that sort of feedback from your audience, YouTube just don't bother promoting you at all and you never get found. Yeah. So... Hence why people pay a lot of money for bots to... Yeah, exactly. That's that's literally, like, they're supposedly part of a, of a you know, a, a, a media group or whatever, but there's, that's just slang for, like, I paid a heap of money to have bots click on my name. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Time to do some news. Want to do some news? All right, we can do that. As mentioned before, Facebook is planning to change its company name next week to reflect its focus on building the metaverse, according to a source. Uh, Facebook Connect is going to be on, by the way, next Friday our time, Thursday US time. Coming name change, which CEO Mark Zuckerberg plans to talk about at the company's annual Connect conference on October 28th, but could unveil sooner. It's meant to signal the tech giant's ambition to be known for more than just social media and all the ills that it entails. The rebrand would likely position the blue Facebook app as one of many products under a parent company overseeing groups like Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, and more. Spokesman for Facebook denied, declined to comment about it. Facebook has already has more than 10,000 employees building consumer hardware like AR glasses that Zuckerberg believes will be as ubiquitous as smartphones. In July, he said that over the next several years, we will effectively transition from people seeing us as primarily being a social media company to being a metaverse company. A rebrand could also serve to further separate the futuristic work Zuckerberg is focused on from the intense scrutiny Facebook is currently under for the way its social platform operates today. A formal employee turned whistleblower, Francis Haugen, recently leaked a trove of damning internal documents to the Wall Street Journal and testified about them before Congress. Any trust regulators in the US and elsewhere trying to break the company up and the public trust in how Facebook does its business is falling. New Facebook company name is a closely guarded secret within its walls and not known widely, even among its full senior leadership. The possible name could have something to do with Horizon, 
the name of the still unreleased VR version of Facebook meets Roblox that the company has been developing for the past few years. The name of that app was recently tweaked to Horizon Worlds shortly after Facebook demoed a version for workplace collaboration called Horizon Workrooms. Facebook has been steadily laying the groundwork for greater focus on the next generation of technology. The past summer, it set up dedicated metaverse team. More recently announced the head of AR and VR, Andrew Bosworth, would be promoted to chief technology officer. And, <clears throat> and just a couple of days ago, Facebook announced plans to hire 10,000 more employees to work on the metaverse in Europe. The term metaverse was coined originally by sci-fi novelist Neil, Neil Stevenson. Stevenson to describe a virtual world people escape to from a dystopian real world. Yep, certainly has. Isn't Facebook the dystopian world though in this case? Yeah, well. <laughs> but what's funny is, <clears throat> so how many new internets are we going to have? Because the metaverse is, as we just like, it's... So Neil Stevenson started, but over the last few years, it's been gaming momentum as a rebirth of the internet to the point where Berners-Lee says that um, he's developing the new solid pods, as we've discussed on the show before, which is basically the, the reinvention of the internet. Yep. But here's the kicker. Berners-Lee says that Facebook's continuous failure to protect its users is something that drives him. We have to do it now. It's a historical moment. He hates Facebook. Yep. He hates Twitter. He hates Instagram. He hate. Yet he's controlling the next instigation of the internet where Zuckerberg wants to be. So, yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to be, to be part of the pod. You have to adhere. Uh, you have to adhere to, to guidelines and rules and regulations. Um, Facebook don't do that. Which Facebook doesn't do. So I don't really understand, you know. A lot of people are very annoyed at just how much power and control Zuckerberg has over Facebook even. I mean, okay. So as I've always said, look, at, at the end of the day, it's it's at the end of the day, it's somebody's program that you're using for free. So, therefore, you don't really get a say in what happens. And and that's true no matter what the program is. Yep. But the thing is, they've got to figure out what they are. Are they a curator? Are they a publisher? Are they an editor? Are they a news sort? Like, it's all fine and dandy to say, oh, we're just, a, we're just a curator or a gatherer of information, which is okay, fine. That, that's not a problem. I don't have a problem with that. But you then can't go through and say, no, we don't approve of this post because that makes you an editor. And if you're an editor, you're liable for the information that you publish. Mm. So you have to pick a side. You can't be both. You can't be both a curator and a moderator. Yeah. You're one or the other. Um, so this whole, you know, and that's where I take issue with them. It's like, okay, if you want to collect and gather and, and store and archive data, fine, do that. But do all of that. Don't yep. don't just pick and choose what you want to do because then you're not a curator, you're a moderator, and moderators have to adhere to a different set of guidelines than curators. Yeah. You know, and if, you know, like, I don't know. Facebook yeah. lives in its own world that it's in control of and just does whatever yeah, it wants. Yeah, but I think that's slowly falling apart because you've got things like, you know, um, Telescope and you've got things like... Um, uh, 
Mine's wow, having complete blank. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Mine's um, things like that where they're specifically the exact opposite of that for a reason. Decentralized. They're decentralized. They're they're curated only in so far as, or sorry, they're moderated only in so far as, um, as to not breach international law. Yeah. Because they're an international company, they don't have a point of reference. But there are obviously laws that certain countries have, and then there's international law which all all participants abide by. You know, certain things as um, as an example in war, when there's a red cross, you, it's just a given that you don't attack hospitals and medical facilities and and things like yep. that, and it's a given that you don't use abuse that symbol to perpetrate, you know, to, to, to commit a crime or whatever. So it's like, it's, it's a guideline that everybody just agrees to adhere to. Mm. So there are certain things like child, you know, pornogra- child pornography and a few other bits and pieces that internationally is frowned upon, therefore they will be moderated. Mm. But anything that doesn't fit that guideline is, is perfectly open cyber. And I think people now with both Twitter and even YouTube getting on the bandwagon to some degree now and Facebook, I think people are getting sick and tired of being told what they can watch. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to watch... Yeah. If there's information there that I don't want to watch, well, fine, I don't watch it. But if the information's not there and you tell me I can't watch it, (laughs) that's a whole different thing again, you know? Yeah. Um, So, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out with the, the, the new internet, as they're calling it. Um, there's been a few people, or a few big companies, I suppose, looking at migrating across, but uh, I don't know if Facebook will be one of the ones that will be allowed to do it, at least not in their current form. So, because he, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. Yep. Shall be interesting. Um. So yeah, uh, let's see. What do I want to go for? So we've talked about. Um, all right, well, let's talk about you know people with plenty of money and and uh, not necessarily a huge amount of responsibility. <laughs> Elon Musk. Um, give this guy credit where credit's due. Like he's he's done amazing things with different things. Now, as most of you would know, he has a tunneling company called The Boring Company because Elon's funny like that. Uh, you know, the Elon Musk, The Boring Company's flamethrower, which <laughs> is great. Not uh, a flamethrower. Hey? I like it, was called, it was called Not a Flamethrower. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Which, which is just hilarious. But um, they've just wanted, this is interesting. I'm, I, I want to follow this story just purely for the logistics of it. They've just won an appeal from local officials to move forward with building a network of vehicle tunnels underneath Las Vegas. Um, the Boring Company already operates a small version of its Teslas in tunnels under the Vegas Convention Center, which opened earlier this year and involves 2.8-mile tunnels. But Musk's startup proposed a massive citywide expansion in December 2020 and largely lines up with what Clark County's officials approved Wednesday. The system was approved that was approved involves 29 miles of tunnels under 51 stations. Clark County says as many as 57,000 passengers will be able to travel per hour and no taxpayer money will be spent to build it. 
because Elon's smart like that. He knows better. Yep. The boring company previously said it would be it would foot the bill for building it. Um, that plans to ask hotel, casinos, or other businesses that want stations to pay for the construction costs. Each one of those stops has to go through its own permitting process. So yeah, so basically he's going, hey, look, I'll dig the tunnels. That's fine. You just you want to you want a station under your hotel? You just pay us some money to build a station. We'll build it for you. Yep. Such a smart move. Is, but yeah. the reason I want to watch it, and the reason I'm really interested in this, is how do you bore a tunnel through sand without everything on top of it just collapsing into a big ravine? <laughs> like it's like Minecraft. Yeah, it really is. Like sand digging in sand is like digging in water. You create a vortex and it comes in on top of it to fill it in. <laughs> Vegas is literally built on top of... I mean, I know they dig down to foundations to, for the buildings and stuff, but it's it's basically sand and sandstone, and then there's rock down there somewhere eventually, but it's so yep. far down. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious to see how this... And one thing I love about the Boring Company is when they do tunnels, they live stream it. Oh, right. Yeah, I was, watching, one I was watching them do one under... I think it was under New York or San Francisco, one of the two. And yeah, they're, they're live streaming these big boring machines. I mean, it's not super interesting because you just see the big you know thing and but what you get to see is as the borer goes through then the sleeves come over the top and lock into place and then the straps come up over that and then they spray it all with like uh yeah like a slurry of concrete just but i'm just there's a gap between where the boring head goes there's like a 20 foot gap to where the these sleeves start coming over yep so i'm just kind of curious what's going to happen in that 20 foot gap between the boring <laughs> head and these sleeves <clears throat> But, Sounds um, interesting. He must have worked something out. Oh, I'm sure they've got it figured. That's why I'm. <laughs> I want to watch wanna it. Know how? <laughs> I want to know how they're going to do it. <laughs> so, one of the appeals of Twitch is watching things unfold live. It'd be handy if you could scrub back to see something again or a moment you might have missed. Soon, though, Twitch may have a solution to that problem, as it's currently testing a new rewind the stream button with some users. When you hit the button, you'll be rewinded back two minutes back in the stream. Twitch says from there, you can scrub through what's been streamed so far and even watch what you missed at different speeds like you would with any other Twitch video on demand. If you hit the rewind button, you'll still be able to see what's happening in the live stream thanks to a picture-in-picture window that will appear above the chat. However, if a streamer doesn't have VODs enabled, you won't be able to use the rewind button. The rewind button test will be expanded to about a quarter of viewers in the coming days, they said. Twitch is also testing two other buttons. The remind me button will let you get a reminder for an upcoming scheduled stream. And the watch trailer button will let you watch a channel trailer for a streamer if they have one. Twitch will be testing these buttons over the next month. And once the test is over, the buttons will be removed. It's not surprising. I mean, YouTube's been doing that for a while now. Mm. We've been able to scrub back on a live stream back to the start. Yeah, um, yeah, not always the case. Like, cause it's only recently. Oh, well, I say relatively. It's only been six months or so. We've been able to do that, but I'm honestly surprised Twitch has never had that functionality. Um, mm. Especially given, I mean, I guess when it was only games. Yeah, okay. There's probably not a lot of point because in reality, if a streams, if someone's been streaming for an hour, you haven't missed that much in gameplay. Yeah, but. Once they broaden their horizons to like we can stream on Twitch, we we used to until nobody watched us. <laughs> <laughs> but like stuff like this, you know, you, like well, that's a classic example. A podcast, you come in halfway through the podcast, and suddenly we're here talking about you know 
something has happened on Twitch and you're like, well, hang on, what happened on Twitch? You, yeah. It'll be good. Although it's only two minutes, so I'm not sure if that's... Is it only two minutes or two minute incremental in, in, increments? Uh, I think it was just two minutes. Because okay, that's not super useful. I think if if you're watching currently streaming it and you had to pop out for a minute to the loo or something, you come back, you're like, oh, what happened in the last couple of minutes? Well, you can go back, or you can... if somebody the phone rings or someone talks to you, you don't miss everything. Um. Yeah, but oh, you can do that anyway, though. If you if you pause oh, it, hang on. It says you'll be rewound back two minutes in the stream. From there, you can scrub through what's been streamed so far, and even watch what you missed at different speeds. So you'll be able to go right back to the start by the sounds of that. Doesn't it? Say otherwise, it just sounds like the Omega Thirteen out of Galaxy Quest. Yeah, <laughs> like fifteen <laughs> seconds in there. It's like, what's the point? <laughs> you know, but um. Yeah, that's that's better if you can do that because that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, not so much, as I said, not so much for gaming, but there is a lot more stuff. There's a lot of motorsports and a lot of sports in general being streamed on there now. There's just a lot of general general stuff being streamed on Twitch now. It's actually not a bad place to hang out anymore. Yep. I got, a couple of years ago, I got burnt out from Twitch and I just didn't want to know about it because it was literally just C and D grade streamers streaming constantly and... But no, it, it's it's um, especially now they do something like collaboration channels where you can have four or six or eight different people streaming, and you go to one web page and it combines them all, and you can uh. see all the different ones that's happening, and you know that's all cool. That's pretty cool because you get to see it from different point of views and yep, and stuff like that. That's where I actually discovered Viva La Dirt League, which Viva La Dirt League. The guys on YouTube I watch occasionally. Oh. Um, they're hilarious. They do um, NPC man, and they do awkward work situations, and um, oh, right. um, yeah, yeah. But they uh, they started off as well. I know them as Twitch streamers originally. Um, they've got to the point, and they do D and D role plays, and they do all sorts of stuff. Like they're really talented bunch of guys. And they actually have done a movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's called Balin's Route. You can search, um, yeah, search for Viva the Dirt League, and bring up Balin's route on on YouTube. It's free now. Um, I was a patron of that. I actually paid. Oh, city um, get destroyed. I actually yeah. paid um, thirty or forty bucks, I think, as part of the Patreon to to make this happen. Yeah. But they've made this full on like forty minute movie in house, and right. it's got all. It's the journey of an NPC who's becoming sentient. <laughs> he's um, realising there's more to the world than just his little fishing hole, which is where he's he's heading now to his fishing hole. Yeah. But you see all these, you know, gamer tags over the top of other players, and <laughs> you know all these quest things pop up, and um, you know, there's there's really really nifty special effects and fight scenes and all sorts of stuff. And they did this on such a small budget; it's absolutely amazing. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to watch, actually. Well done. So if you do, um. If you get bored one or something, I, I do recommend that. But yeah, they—that's uh, the same thing. They—that was where I discovered about the multi, the multi uh, display stream. stream thing and and all that. So sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I, but as I said, they're only testing it, so we'll wait and see if they actually decide to 
make it a thing because you know what they're like. Hey, we testing. stole the idea from Harry Potter with those binoculars you could rewind in live. Hey, they had this, the um, they had a big wizarding sports thing on, and you could get these binoculars, and if you looked through them, you could pause and rewind to see what had happened, and then somebody made them and was going to be selling them in real life as well. Oh, really? Based on that idea, yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. It wouldn't be that hard to do, honestly. You just, you just have a, and well, you can already buy uh, binoculars where they've got a camera mounted in them. So yep. uh, you, you would only be a matter of replacing the else the the eyepiece with an LCD screen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty cool. So um, obviously, some issues that are arising from this whole, this whole thing is. Um, the Raspberry Pi is having its first price increase ever. Oh. <clears throat> so, the Raspberry Pi 4 with 2 gig RAM and Pi Zero are in short supply today, but the older Pi boards built with the 40 nanometer silicon will be hard to find from this point on because they're obviously the next thing in line and they're being used up. The British maker of the Raspberry Pi computers raised the price of its 2 gig RAM Raspberry Pi 4 by $10 due to the global semiconductor shortage. The price hike, though temporary, is yet another example of how much the chip supply chain has changed since the pandemic. Raspberry Pi dropped the price uh, of the 2 gig Pi 4 by $10 in February to $35, but today it's back up to $45. Um, and they're saying that, uh, well, I was talking about, talking about last week, automakers can't get cars out of their lots because they can't get key chips and stuff like that yeah they're scavenging from the luxury cars all the electronics and putting it in the and in the u.s it's more expensive to buy a used car now than a new one yeah too. yeah um well it's happening here too yep um the gaming fans found it difficult to buy sony playstation 5 and microsoft xbox series x consoles um but yeah so it's the um, the supply shortage has also restricted production at Raspberry Pi. Upton says it will only make or it's only got enough to make seven million units in twenty twenty one, which is the number they sold in twenty twenty. Yeah. Um. So basically, even if they have better sales next year, they they can't make any more. Yeah. Um. The so they've been making. Traditionally, they've been making the um, the Raspberry Pi at Sony's factory in the UK, which assembles the Pi since 2012 when they first started making them. Um, they've also... The engineers that have been building the Raspberry Pi for... The Raspberry Pi 400s, which is the one with the keyboard and stuff like that. Yep. They've uh, had to redesign them several times to try and incorporate chips that are available. <laughs> wow. Um, but they're running out of redesigns. Like, it's getting to the point yep. where they physically can't find chips that can do what they're supposed to do. Especially the older chips for the naughty, yep. 40, the, the, the naughty, the naughty nanometer. He <laughs> <laughs> naughty nanometer. Naughty little nanometer. Um, the forty nanometer silicons, um, like the Compute Model Three, Raspberry Pi Three B, Three B Plus, basically anything that isn't a Pi Four. Yep. Pretty much. Wow. Um, they use 28 nanometer, but the older stuff that uses the 40 nanometer is really hard to get um, to the point where it's almost non-existent in some cases. Um, due to the four gig, the two gig Pi 4 price rise, they're bringing back the one gig 
for thirty five dollars. Right. Uh, it cancelled the one gig variant when they brought the price of the two gig down, but now that they've they're doing that, they bring the one gig up. Uh, a lot of people um, are quite happy to use the one gig for what they do. They they don't need the two gig. Uh, they only kept it because it didn't make sense to have two product lines. Yep. Um, but now they're doing that. So, so the vast majority of users who want them aren't going to be affected, especially if you're using it for IoT and stuff like that, they're not going to be affected by it anyway. Yep. Um, Get your Google Nest doorbell and your Ring doorbell now. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, or anything. like I'm actually, I've ordered a couple more. Um, uh, I'm using... Um, having a complete blank, not Renology, that's a battery. Uh, Reolink, um, security cameras at work. And the particular ones I wanted have been out of stock for ages. Yeah. And they had like four refurbs in stock. So I grabbed them straight away because same reason, (laughs) they're just not, they just can't make them at the moment. Yeah, there's going to be a big supply chain problem in the next couple of months too with food and petrol's already gone up. I don't know why petrol's gone up, it doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Food. I don't know how deep you want me to get into it. Food (laughs) is going to be an issue because basically what's happened, it's really complicated, but basically what's happened is any farmer who doesn't own their farm outright, the banks have sold the existing mortgages to a collection company and forcing foreclosure on the farms because they're not a bank. They don't deal in debt. You either pay the debt or you don't have a farm. Ah. Um, through government mandate, they've been told to do that. So there's been lots and lots of farms. It's been happening. Like this pandemic's been covering it, but it's been happening for the last two years. Um, it's finally starting to come to light a bit since this other stuff settled down. But they're literally walking onto properties, throwing the farmers off them and going, this is ours now, get out. And there's been something like 2,000 farms in the last two years have just been reclaimed. And they've been going back generations too. Yeah, and it's unlawful. Like They have no founding and what they rely on is uh, not being fought. All the cases, the, the handful of cases that have been taken to court and fought have been won by the farmer because the the banks and the, the collection agencies have no leg to stand on. Yep. But generally, um, they don't have the money to do that, which is what they rely on. Um, and so, yeah, so there's a Rod Cullen, um, if you want to find out more, Rod Cullen on his Facebook page has a couple of, um, the last three or four days, he's got a lot of information up there about it and what's happening and why it's happening and how to stop it and and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that's, so yes, there's definitely going to be a food shortage and it's the gov, it's designed that way by the government to once again, keep reliance on the government. But, um. Not that anyone really believes me. What would I know? <laughs> I'm just a conspiracy theorist. Sound like that. <laughs> uh, Microsoft has released the first preview version of its Android app support in Windows 11. It's available to testers in the beta channel version of Windows 11, which means you'll need to opt into the Windows Insider program to get access. Installing the preview version on two systems, a gaming rig with the Core i9-11900K at Microsoft's Pro X to get a feeling of how well it runs on Windows 11. The experience of installing apps is very simple. Microsoft has partnered with Amazon, so the Microsoft Store will list apps 
but send you over to Amazon's App Store app to get them installed or updated. This also installs a Windows subsystem for Android in the background, which is the core technology that powers Android apps running on Windows 11. Apps effectively run in a virtual machine contained within their own world, but are able to sit side by side with other Windows apps. You can pin Android apps to the start menu or taskbar and use all of the windowing and multitasking features of Windows 11, just like a regular desktop app. While there are only 50 apps officially available in this preview, it's possible to install Amazon's Kindle app, the BB Sounds app, and a bunch of games just to test how well Windows 11 handles mobile games. Apps show up in search results as if they were regular Windows ones, and the integration into the start menu and taskbar makes them feel just like any other app. It's surprisingly seamless and a well-integrated solution. Microsoft's Android app support relies on the Amazon App Store for now, which is only a fraction of the apps available on Google Play Store. It's inevitable that someone will sideload this onto Windows 11 and unlock many more apps with it, but Microsoft won't be officially supporting that. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't already been done, actually. So now you can run Android apps on there. You can run Linux on there. Yep. And it's amazing what happens. And Mac OS X. It's amazing what happens when you run a... uh, a Linux, a native Linux kernel. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, good. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because so many people are running Android emulators on Windows anyway to run Android stuff. Because um, take your Instagram, your Instagram, and your TikToks, for example, you can only do them from a phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you've got a marketing business or you've got somebody like we do who puts up publishers regularly, you're not going to do it on the phone. No. It's too hard. Yep. So you run an emulator on your on your PC and you do it that way. Or people who do playthroughs on games and, and stuff like that. Um, even at work, I do it for the, the point of sale software that we run only runs on Android. Right. Oh, sorry, the Square, the FPOS part of it only runs on Android. So I have a Windows system running an Android emulator to run the point of sale on a PC rather than on a tablet. You know, so it'd be definitely great to have the option, but in typical Microsoft style, if they don't allow the full. But as I said, they'll they'll be sideloaded. I don't think it'll take long, no. especially you know. Um, and it'd be relatively easy, most likely, to sideload Android apps onto onto Windows. So, but if not, I mean, the emulator's still there anyway. <laughs> so it's not like that's going to change. So, no, that'll be cool. But it's funny. The more I hear about Eleven, the more I, on the one hand, the more I want it. On the other hand, the more I don't, because <laughs> it's going to break so many ways I do things. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I've been running it for so. a couple of weeks, and I've had no issues. Everything works seamlessly, and I think it's the best OS I've ever used. I can't technically do it because I got that chip problem. I can do it with the the bypass hack, but yep. Um, but I'm just waiting to see if they fix that. I want to see if that if that's a big enough issue that they fix it. I'm curious. Yeah, they'll have to because so many people got Ryzen. That, that's what I mean. Like it's, you know, it's not like AMD is a 10% market share anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so not for a long time. I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do. So I'm kind of just hanging out for a while just to see. Um. Yeah, to see if they fix it. If if not. No, I don't know. But they're going to have to because if they're going to say they're going to drop support of 10 in you know, th- 3 or 5 years. 2025. Whatever they say. Well, they're going to have to have an alternative, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> or am I just going to go to Linux? By then. You know, like... 
Mind you, by then, the way they've been bringing operating systems, there'll be another one out by then anyway, so. Yeah, well, they said Windows 10 was going to be the last one ever. Yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> but didn't, didn't they also say that about, um, didn't they say that about 64K of RAM? Like, it was, <laughs> yeah. well, nobody needs a mouse, I think it was a famous quote at one point. Yeah. Oh, okay, that was Apple, but still. <laughs> at least Microsoft hasn't bought out a $20 Screen cleaner that only works with Apple devices. What? <laughs> uh, I haven't got the story in front of me, but yeah, it wasn't something. It was like embroidered in white, but they won't tell you what material is, and the compatibility list only mentions Apple products. Yep. <laughs> Don't use this cloth on anything else, and they're sold and out. They're sold so out. <laughs> people bought the damn things. I don't know if it's scalpers, and you're going to find them on eBay for a hundred dollars each, which is probably going to happen. That's just ridiculous. Everything about that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about that screams Apple for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> you thought the $1,000 monitor stand was expensive yeah. or the wheels that were like $400 oh, the, or whatever. The, 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 what was it? The $200 pen for your iPad or whatever it was. And then the Steve Jobs famously said they'll never use a pen because it's a terrible way to do stuff on mobile tablets. He carks it and the pen comes out. Yeah, <laughs> you know that means Take that minute. you know that means that some manager somewhere's had it tucked away in a portfolio for the last five years, just waiting, yeah. buying his time. Like, is he gone? Is he gone? Is he gone? Right, pen time. Let's do it. It was Works literally... all right for Samsung. Uh, yeah, well, that's right, exactly. Yeah, it's so funny, but um. Uh, yeah, so if you if you you, know, you want to want to clean your your AirPods or whatever the hell you've got, you can use a you, official Apple. Official Apple. <laughs> it makes None it, of these glasses cleaners <laughs> they they are not compatible with, with the Apple, Apple screen. <laughs> not compatible with the Apple infrastructure. I'll Google it, but I'm pretty sure that doesn't say that my glasses wipes are compatible with Windows products. You know what it is? It won't be long. You watch. I'll put some NSC chip in there, and I'll know if you use the wrong wipe to wipe your screen with, and I'll void yeah. your warranty. It's like putting <laughs> the off-brand inks into your printer. Sorry, that doesn't work. Oh, did Why you see it? Oh. Did you see Canon. The, the latest? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll mean, let you do that. What? I don't have the story. I only remember reading it. No, me either. It's, it's not that... Un- I've got an old Canon from 10 years ago that's done exactly the same thing, but they went away from that. And what they've decided to do again is bring it back. If you run out of ink, you can't scan because you need ink to scan. What? <laughs> well, at least they're getting sued this time. Yeah, well, they did it with... I can't see it, but I've got one there that does the same thing. If it and it's a laser jet, if it runs out of a toner, it won't scan. But the dumb part is, it doesn't know it's running out of toner when you print because you can print with an empty toner cartridge and let you print. Oh, but you can't scan. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. (laughs) But yeah, the latest one is uh, yeah, the you run it and not only run out of ink, you've only got to run out of one color of ink and it won't scan. So it's not like you've even completely emptied your cartridges. You could have just run out of black or out of red and you can't scan. And it's like, who decided, what fail-safe mode do they put in place that that was an issue? Yeah, I saw this guy um, (laughs) this week. I think it might have been one of those ones. And he put in uh, three new inks to see why the the black he hadn't um, replaced, but all the others, and turned it on, connected the software to it, and 10% of each one was already used up. Yeah, with the purging process. So. 
Yeah. Oh, that'll ha- that's that's a- well. If he's used the brand new ones, they're only they're only like twenty five percent tanks anyway. Uh, like the 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 tanks you get when you buy a printer are only good for twenty five. No, these of- were these were replacement ones. Oh, okay. The ones that run out. Yeah, just bought brand new ones and installed them. Because yeah, a lot of people go, oh my my printer doesn't last very long here, but the ones it ships with don't. They're, they're not supposed to. They're only test ones, more or less. They're but like, yeah. well, I'll just buy a new printer because it's cheaper than buying the well, colors every time. I've got a HP DeskJet. Uh, what is it? Twenty one HP DeskJet twenty one thirty. And it's a um, scanner as well, and it cost me to buy because it's a three-in-one color cartridge and then a black. Yep. So to buy both those those two cartridges cost me eighty-five dollars. The printer cost me forty-five from Officeworks. Yeah. And it's got three-quarter cartridges in it, so right. I, I weighed them, and there's there's about. Um, there's about 10 mil difference and they're about 50 mil for a full one and the other ones are about 40 mil roughly. Right. Um, And yeah, so I can spend $85 and buy two new cartridges or $45 and buy a whole new printer. So just to do the right thing, yeah. I bought replacement cartridges. Yeah. I then got halfway through those cartridges and the heads failed. Yeah. You can't buy replacement heads. They're they're, uh, they're built into the unit. So I actually wasted forty dollars because I couldn't use half of those ink tanks. Anyway, <laughs> that's ridiculous. So I'm just we. I literally keep it there as a scanner because that's the only thing I use it for. Because I've got Still the, la- the laser jet. But um, yeah, it's like. But even there's another example. I got a laser jet. Is that a HP? No, Lexmark. Lexmark laser printer there. Yeah, the same thing. It's forty dollars to buy the laser printer from Officeworks. It's one hundred and twenty dollars to buy a toner cartridge, mm. and even an aftermarket one from like Inkscape or something like to not even the the genuine one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why would I why would I buy a toner? They do it deliberately, but it's yeah. it's just such a waste. That's why they say the mm. um, ink is more expensive per milliliter than Dom Perignon. Just about, yeah. Well, we've got the new. I can't remember what they are. I'll have to check. I'll have to look when I go back to work. I want to say it's Lexmark, but I could be wrong. It's a new one that uses. Um, it literally uses almost like a food dye. Like the ink is so cheap, and it comes in these big. When you buy it, you get five hundred mil ink. Wow. Comes with it that you tip into the into the storage tanks, and the whole each storage tank holds the five hundred mil. And it's they estimate the average office, small home office gets two years worth of printing out of the ink it comes with wow and then when you want to refill it it's $15 per colour yeah that's <laughs> <It's laughs> right. for another two years worth of printing so finally somebody has got off their high horse and solved that problem sounds good so that wasn't my last story by this it's just <laughs> one of those tangents we'll that get there um did you have any more no no okay so ought 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 yeah righto Automated propagation sees Aussie broadband go down. Whoa. Um, Just like Facebook. Yeah, funny that. It wasn't DNS, uh, but it was DHCP and an overloaded authentication server that caused the outage. Uh, Around 10 a.m. Eastern Australian time on Thursday, Aussie broadband suffered an outage to hit various parts of the eastern seaboard. 
Users were unable to use their broadband. The company status page app was also knocked down. Even though a fix was put in place quickly, users were still complaining for some time as it took a while to restart modems, etc. The downside of the automation is it provides the ability to break things at scale. As <laughs> 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 the broadband managing director, Phil Britt, said, that's something Phil would say. A charge a change was made to our DHCP configuration this morning, which automatically propagated throughout the network and took services offline for around ten minutes before a fix was rolled out. Following the fix, it took some customers time to get back online and a large number of customers needed to reauthenticate, resulting in increased load or authentication servers, which then crashed and sort of <laughs> snowballed and started the whole they, thing all happening. They're too again. popular, that's their problem. <laughs> We're too popular. Um on Wednesday, the company provided an update for the first quarter. Revenue was reported at $111 million and total services increased 46% year-on-year nice. to 577000 Of that number, 396 residential customers, an increase of 38%, or just shy of 40,000 businesses, and now on Aussie Broadband, up to 85%. Part of that's because they've changed the, the business part of it. used to be under a different company name. Uh-huh. And they've they've ditched that now, and we're actually because we were on this other company now. I can't think of what they're called, but we've actually technically we're Aussie Broadband now at work. So some of that increase would be due to that as well. Uh-huh. Uh, Aussie Broadband also said they only had three thousand of its thirty thousand customers left to switch from Telstra to Optus Network. Uh, the company also took the opportunity to have another swing at NBN over CBC access charges due to its increased downloads during Australia's COVID-related lockdowns. Usage increased fifteen percent compared to pre-lockdown in May. And the company had 3.3 million in excess charges for the quarter, an increase of 137%. Following the other way, the telco received 800,000 from NBN in rebates. Uh. So it still cost them 2.5 mil, or two, yeah, 2.5 mil extra just to give us internet. Wow. At the start of the month, NBN said it would calculate CBC for each telco individually from May based on. For additional data above 25%, would credit retailers 50% of the $8 per megabit cover charge. We'll also calculate credit and could extend into 2022. <coughs> so, <laughs> they only get half their money back at best. Aussie Broadband was the result of the amalgamation of Wideband Networks Proprietary Limited and Westvic Broadband Proprietary yeah. Limited. So, Wideband was still the business side of it. Right. Uh, up until I think it was, it might have been at the start of this year. Um, we're still technically getting wideband billing. Um, oh, okay. Because they, even though they were the same company, they s- kind of kept the department separate. But yeah, they did finally roll them into each other. Right. Um, yeah, so it's interesting that. Um, that they've managed to absorb so much of that increase. I mean, could you imagine how much more productive they could be if they didn't have to? Yeah. Because that's a ridiculous amount of money for any company to absorb. Um, but yeah, I came in this morning, and this was today, by the way. This was... Was this today? Yeah, it was today. October 21st. Um, it happened this morning. We came into work, and we had no internet on any of the computers, and... Oh. restarted them and it still wouldn't work and restarted the router and it wouldn't work I had to restart the NTD box and then restart the router and then restart the switch and then restart <laughs> the computer so like but yeah and then so it's, it's all good <laughs> again except for your tablet which drops off randomly for no I reason. don't still understand what's <laughs> I don't get it 
I don't, I don't know. If anybody knows why an Android tablet would just remove, like, it doesn't disconnect from the network. It stays connected to the network. So if you go to the network properties and look, it says it's still connected, but it stops the traffic from the network. <clears throat> like the signal bars go down to nothing. Like, the, like it can't see it, but it still stays yeah. connected. It still says, um, and it, it still says excellent for connection quality, yeah. which is wanted because <laughs> it's sitting next to the router. Yeah. But <laughs> if anybody knows why Android does that, let me know because I can't figure it out. Um, although today it hasn't done it all day, so I, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand computers. <laughs> cool tech support. Have they, you tried switching they, it off and on again? They cost too much. I'm a cool <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and Coffee. Email us, Will or Warlock, at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com 24 7 playback of the best tech related shows. See you next time. Bye. Pancake Robot, come and get them all their The Pancake Robot is coming to town. He's mixing up the batter and Yum, yum. The pancake robot is coming to town. All you can eat. Yum, yum. All you can eat. Yum, yum. It's a pancake explosion coming party down. All you can eat. Yum, yum. All you can eat. Yum, yum. The pancake robot is coming to town. All you can eat. Yum, yum. All you can eat. Yum, yum. It's a pancake explosion coming party down. Pancake robot, come and get them all.